0: Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week, we are closing out the series in which we've been taking a look at the intersection of Christianity and culture. Leading us in this sermon is the Reverend Dr. John Guest, and just as a heads up, this sermon does contain topics of a more mature nature and may not be suitable for our younger or more sensitive listeners. Now, here is Pastor John with his message. Thank you for listening. Well, I uh, put on my steeler gear, to start with a kind of a lighter mood. Actually, uh, I had planned to tell you that Joe Sweeney, who was up here speaking, had the good sense to marry an English woman. (laughs) Like my wife had the good sense to marry an English man. I don't know if you've seen the movie Taken. With Liam. Anyway, it's a, it brings the reality home of young women who are being, in effect, kidnapped very slyly and brought into the sex traffic industry. They're virtually kidnapped, drawn away, and Liam Nielsen went looking for his daughter in the movie and got her back. But that was just one girl and it was the dad who went chasing her down. And he had the kind of chutzpah and whatever other things he needed to take that on. We need to be praying for Joe because right now this is... uh, the beginning of something and if this beginning takes off and I can only assume it will because the appeal has been made to the people of Christ church we know how to make things happen around here you do his life will be in danger he's going back for two months to the Middle East later this year Two straight months. So that's tough, but he's a tough guy. I've never seen him dressed up looking so gentlemanly as he was this morning. So let's pray now and ask the Lord to speak to us because you're wondering to yourself, how could I possibly get involved in any of that? But it's ordinary people just like us who are teaming up. My wife and I have been supporting a young lady who's in China working at this same ministry of recovering, if you can imagine that, in China, girls who've been sold, given away, entrapped in the slave trade. It's real. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. You came to deal with this kind of stuff. You came to deal with people just like us who need to be encouraged and empowered by you to interpose ourselves right in the middle of that collision between a culture that's gone mad with sin and a church that is, generally speaking, pretty weak. But we want to take that on, to be true to you. So we do pray for Joe Sweeney and those who are working with him. For other ministries like it around the world, rescuing these women, restoring them, rebuilding their dignity, their lives, giving them back a life. since our United States of America is the premier provider of child pornography and consumer of child pornography, we ask you, Lord, to have mercy on us. It's as if we see ourselves standing with the pornographers and saying, Lord, have mercy on us. Please bring your living salvation into this world of corruption and pain, slavery and bondage. So inasmuch as this is all real and going on, and you are real and you are here, Please, Lord, take my lips again as I come to your word and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills. They're stubborn, lazy. Take our wills and shape them to your own, Lord Jesus. And take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you, for yourself. We pray this for your namesake, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, the collision between the culture and the Christian, not just the Christian church, but the ordinary individual like you and me, you and I both know there is a collision if we're going to stand up for Christ. Christ. So when this passage from 1 Peter chapter 3 says if, it says if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Well Peter, who's the author of this and himself was executed for Christ, goes on to say this, chapter 4, verse 12, of the same letter. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. He connects any suffering we have for standing up for Christ to the sufferings of Christ on our behalf. And that we should be proud, pleased, overjoyed is the word he used here. That we can participate in the sufferings of Christ so that we may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. And because of cowardice we miss that blessing. Because we won't speak up, because we want to avoid the collision, because we don't want to get hit by the tank that's coming through, the obscenity of our culture that rejects God and with him all that he stands for and thereby with all that he stands for and us who are his representatives. We want to avoid that collision. We know how people get shouted down. We see it on TV. We know the opposition is huge. Listen to what Scripture says concerning a culture that doesn't want God. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness And wickedness of men, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. A couple of weeks ago, I went down to uh, Orlando for the funeral of R. C. Sproul, and I remember my mind, as I read this text, flies back to when I was a young guy and he was a young guy, and he was teaching, and I was listening. To what that suppression of truth looks like in our culture. The, the very notion of suppression. It's like a spring coming up and you're trying to keep it down. You, it just keeps pushing back. God, let me put it another way. Truth is not just some inanimate object that sits there like a log. Or a brick. Or a foundation. The truth is alive. And God by his spirit speaks when truth is spoken. And when that truth invades our lifestyle. We want to suppress. Push it down. And that's psychological suppression. Suppression. Messes us up. Our consciences get seared. Cowardice breeds cowardice. Shame, guilt. We've got to take on our culture with God's truth. So when Jesus comes into your life, he is a transforming power. The way that's described here is that we are to set our hearts apart with Christ as Lord. Listen to these words again. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed Do not fear what they fear, do not be frightened, but in your hearts, so here's the alternative, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. He can give us the empowerment, give us the chutzpah and the guts to stand for him. If we will but enshrine him in our lives. To have him as Lord is serious business. Back in the day when Peter was reading this, writing this, you had to say Caesar was Lord. It's even more potent when you realize that if you wouldn't say Caesar was Lord, you could be executed. Because Caesar was like God. They worship Caesar as God. The Christian wouldn't say Caesar was Lord. He said Jesus is Lord. And would stand for that and it would cost him or her their lives. It cost Peter his life. He would not say Caesar is Lord. Jesus is Lord. When he talks about our hearts being set apart to have Jesus as Lord... It's that Jesus, if we will but do that, who can give us the courage to stand, to take stuff on, in the face of the culture. I remember as a young Christian, there was a, living on a regular street in London, Walthamstow, which was one of the eastern boroughs of London, beautiful forest about a five minute walk away that I would take walks in right next to me our house was another house it was a row house when I would go out into my back garden from time to time I would hear somebody wailing from an upstairs room at the back of the neighbor's house ooh They're kind of like a whale. I found out that it was the the father of this, an older man, of the couple who lived there. And they had him closeted in this upstairs room. I'm a kid of about 19, 20. I love Jesus. I had the conviction I should do something about it. I went and knocked on the door and said, can I visit the gentleman upstairs in his room? I'm amazed they let me. Went up the stairs. And there is this guy, unable to get down to go to the bathroom. So they had a pail up there that he was both peeing in and doing his other business in. And it was just filling up. There were maggots swimming around in it. The room stank to high heaven. I took that down, completely carried it out, and threw it in the backyard. Their backyard, not mine. (laughs) Cleaned it up, took it back. Chatted with the guy and prayed with the guy. There's no other... That's the end of the story He was their responsibility. But can you imagine the courage it took for me as a kid to go knock on the neighbor's door? Where did that come from? To get myself in grown-up business like that? That's just a little illustration. But across the space of my life, The moments when Jesus has captured my heart, my will, and given me the courage to stand up and speak up has been a blessing beyond measure. You don't want to miss the blessing. There is a blessing. Jesus taught, and it's amazing how we kind of read it, know it, don't really deal with it. But in the Sermon on the Mount, with the famous set of be attitudes. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, etc. The last of those blessings described here is the blessing of persecution. Blessed are you when people. Blessed! God blessed! Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. This is Jesus speaking rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you and then it goes on to talk about our being the salt of the earth a light in a dark place a city set on a hill that's us it describes our mission to be there engaging the culture and taking it on Trust the Lord. Reach out. Get beyond that little secure space that you are used to. Find yourself a way to trust God and engage the culture. Where you work, where you go to school. Because none of us wants to be cowards. None of us. We want what God wants. And the world is aching for it. Come and join the thousands who are going to march in Washington. Tens of thousands. See what it looks like to be standing with people who are standing with you against the culture of abortion and death. Come and sense it. Take a day out of your life. But it's remarkable to set Christ apart in your heart as Lord. That's the deal. There's a movie right now about the darkness. But it's speaking about the Second World War and it's really about Churchill. Churchill said this. Without courage, all other virtues lose their meaning. Hear that again. Memorize it for yourself. Without courage, all other virtues lose their meaning. The ancients in Greece always described courage as the first virtue. Because without that first virtue of courage... We are not going to live virtuous lives. It takes courage to be virtuous, to be a person of virtue, to do what's right, to say what's right, to live right, to be right. And the courage that's expressed, it's as if Churchill takes on his own party, the government of England and the king of England in taking on Germany, Nazi Germany. One man. I wept several times in the movie, partly because I lived through that. I am old enough to have lived through that season of life. As a little boy, sleeping in air raid shelters and stuff. Churchill is one of my heroes. And his heroic stand... Because now I, a grown man who's been around within Christian circles and the church, know what the battle is. And I see it every day on the news, in our newspapers, in the culture where we live. It's like the world has gone mad. Insane. There's no sanity to much of what's being said and done. I mean, can you imagine telling people, Children, though they may be a girl, that she may be a boy on the inside. Or a guy, that he may be a girl on the inside. So you've got children in school who are getting this kind of education. That's the culture now we're facing. Wondering whether they're a boy or a girl. Trying to get yourself sexually oriented to righteousness? When most of us are being dragged away to be sexually oriented as promiscuous? What are you going to do? When you enshrine Christ in your heart, there is a boldness. And a desire to please him in such a way that when you step out for him and take on the culture where you work, go to school, hang out, whatever, he blesses you. It's a blessing you don't want to miss. He wants to bless you. But there's a price to be paid. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. This is Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, which is one of the life verses I hang over my life. Be strong and of a good courage. To be your pastor, to come and talk about this stuff with you. I just as soon not do it. When Pastor Jared asked me to take this on, I said yes. And when he walked out of my office, I said, what have I just done? (laughs) Because I know what the battle is in the culture. Over the years, I've been willing to take it on. By God's grace, I am not boasting, look at me. But Jesus has given me the courage and the blessing that comes with it, I, I don't want to go on and on about me, but the stories I could tell you of the hurt, rejection, wounds, career moves made against me, people who've ridiculed me. but I would not swap anything for what the blessing of God has been in the middle of it all. So you want to be blessed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. You dare not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army doth he lead, till every foe is conquered, and Christ is Lord indeed. That's for us. That's for you.